welcome to the I Am Adamant podcast, and we are hoping to find truth in this universe of opinions. And I am so excited because I am joined today by my dear friend, Shelly Giglio. And Shelly is- Hi, Lisa. I know. I know. See, I would talk to you just to talk to you. This is awesome. I, I And I don't know- Well, the truth is all mine, I don't know. So if, thank you for having me. <laughs> was I talking over you? I'm sorry about that. Um, so- Shelly is the co-founder of Passion Conference and, and Passion City Church and Six Step Records and The Grove, where she does a monthly gathering of women in Atlanta. And what I love about you, Shelly, is you are passionate. You are, you're passionate about truth. You're passionate about friendship. You're passionate about Jesus. You're passionate about worship. I just, I love you. I think you're just somebody who has really found where their lane is and just knows how to run in it and run strong. And I just, I love that about you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I want to be, I want that to be true of me, all of it. Um, And, you know, some days I feel like, wow, I'm on the right track. And then like everyone else, some days I think, what am I doing with my life? How can I be, um, I think more, I don't know, how can I make sure that everything I do matters? And I think all of us are in that every day of trying to figure out what is that fine line of enjoying where we are and who we're with and the family God's put us in, the calling that he's put on our life, and at the same time, making sure that every single moment of it matters for something that lasts far beyond today. So I spend my life trying to do that just as much as everyone else. Well, I think it really shows. And I remember, I love traveling with you on Propel and you would have your people, you would have your worship group. And it was just so evident that it isn't just you that feel that way, but that's just a culture that you and Louie have developed in your church, in your conferences, in your in your pursuit of God. And I, I love that about you. And you're also uh, pretty smart. Um, Oh, well, thank you. Yes, you are. You're a strategist. And I, 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 I admire that because I am not a strategist. I'm just an inspirer. So when I get around people who are strategists and they can manage well. I think part of that probably has to do with living with a, living with a visionary. You, you learn um, around visionaries how to implement. And I think some of my life has just been a compliment to Louis. Louis is definitely a visionary. He has Huge understanding, I think, of what God has called us to uh, as the church with a capital C. And so for me, it's just coming around that and trying to figure out how do we implement daily um, something that will move the needle, something that will push us forward in that pursuit. And um, maybe that's how the strategy develops. I'm not really sure. Probably out of necessity. But um, but yeah, it's incredible to be a part of. And I love being a part of the Big C Church. It is the joy of my life to see the kingdom of God built on earth. And you guys, I remember in 2007, you were still traveling and speaking. And there was a real turning point where you actually said, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to plant a church and your church has some unique culture to it. Can you kind of tell people about what's different about Passion City Church? Yeah, we are different in some ways, I guess. I feel like, um, I'm always just thinking you guys are young. Yeah, we're eight years old. But you also have a young congregation. Yeah, the the um, the average is pretty pretty young. I think we do have all ages of people, which is nice. I think sometimes when people think about passion as a movement, we're obviously focused on eighteen to twenty five year olds. So they just assume, well, church must be, you know, eighteen to twenty five year olds, and it's not. It's it's people of my age too, which is slightly older than twenty five. Um, just slightly, so, yeah. yeah, just a little bit. But we do have all ages of people. But I think the most true thing about them is that they're super young in heart. And 
you know, we believe firmly in the next generation. And I know there's a lot of talk these days about um, what will the next generation be like and how they're consumers instead of being consumed and all kinds of things that are talked about. But I, I truly believe in this generation. And I think I want to pour my life into raising them up to be way greater stewards of the kingdom of God than any of us have ever been. And I believe that they'll see in their day far more than we've seen. And so we spend our life doing that, whether that's in the local community here at Passion City Church or whether that's around the world, traveling and speaking, that's who we invest our life into. And I believe the return will be beautiful. You know, I heard a beautiful perspective. John and I had uh, some great friends who pastor a church in Singapore, and they're actually their average age of congregation members is 21. That's incredible. Which is crazy because you've got to always keep low, you know, like reaching down for the younger to keep that average at 21. And they said this, and I, I just felt like it resonated. They said that the youth are not our replacements. They're our reinforcements. And I think if people would stop looking at millennials as entitled and, you know, know know-it-alls or whatever and understand who they really are, that they are the most highly educated, most well-connected generation, that that God wants to do something very amazing in them. I love millennials because I birth millennials. So my kids are all millennials. and, Mm. And I think... I think they're a whole lot of fun. And I do think that they are not going to settle. I do think that they don't want something that's ingenuine. They don't want something that isn't worth living for. They, I think they really have this incredible key that if, if people are visionaries like you and Louis are, and you see that what's in them and speak to that, then people respond, which is just, you know, passion is just a gathering of the young people. And I've had the privilege of meeting some young people right when they've come out of that and just the, the thrill they have and the vision that they have and the Holy Spirit touch on their life of just, you know, that mandate that they feel to glorify God is, is incredibly evident. So thank you for that. You know, if, if we do anything right, which I always wonder, you know, are we doing what God's asked us to do and are we doing a good job of it? But if, I think if we have, then I think there's a generation of people behind us who know that life matters for something more than themselves. And what a privilege it is to introduce that concept to people. Because I feel like, particularly with the younger generation, what's written about them and said about them is that they're just all self-consumed. You know, everything is about them and the selfie. It's just me. But I feel like what we learn at Passion is that people want to be called to more. They just aren't quite Mm -hmm. sure what the more is. And once you present that the glory of God is the most important thing in life, it's what Jesus lived for, and it's what we're called to live for, then they actually want to pursue that. And hopefully we're leaving millions of students behind us who have had the opportunity to hear the importance of that to God and the importance for their life and that they're, they're going for it and pursuing it with all they have. So. That would be our prayer for sure. I love that. So what would you say is something that you're adamant about? One of the things I think I'm adamant about is absolute truth. And I, like you, believe that there is a plumb line in our lives that is absolute. And to the degree that we understand the absolute nature of the truth of God and align our lives with it is the, to the degree that we succeed in life, not just in this life and the measure of success here, but in the life to come, which is everything, right? Absolutely. Eternity. Mm-hmm. And I think for us to really um, have substantial lives that have equity in heaven, that we're going to really be glad that we invested with the absolute truth in our hearts today. 
And so I believe in that. Well, I think there's a generation saying, where do we find the absolute truth? Well, I think it's scripture. You know, I think God was so sure that we would be confused that he wrote it down. (laughs) You know, it's like, if you forget, go back and remember, because I wrote it down for you. And even with scripture, you know, we can sometimes say, well, it's been black and white, but it wasn't meant to be this, or it was implied that it was this, or it was a different time culturally, so it certainly didn't mean this. But I think truth is truth, and I believe that scripture is inspired by God and written for purpose, and I believe we have it as our plumb line. And to the degree that we will align our lives with it, our lives will flourish. I think that's the way God intended our lives to be lived. And, you know, I'm just not of the mindset that, hey, if we change it and make it more adaptable to where we are right now, that it will make more sense for us flourishing. I believe actually the reverse is true. If we'll apply the truth as it was written, as it was inspired, then we will actually find that our lives flourish more in that context than they would with adapting it. So that's something I'm really adamant about and passionate about. And I believe in today's culture, it's super important. And then I don't know, there's other things, things like faith. I believe faith plays a huge role in our outcome in life. And I believe God says all the time without faith, it's impossible to please me. So we do have a lot of people on earth that are trying to please God, but I think sometimes we take faith out of the equation and hope we can do it otherwise. And I believe Jesus makes it abundantly clear that without belief that I am who I say I am and that I can do what I say I can do, then with the absence of faith, you'll never be pleasing to me. And so I'm adamant about faith. I think it's required for our lives, particularly as believers, um, so that we can live in freedom but also in success so that we know that when we get to the end of our life, God says to us, way to go, good and faithful servant. So I'm adamant about faith. I love that. You know, Shelly, I, I know that you and I have had conversations over the table with many of our friends and, 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 and our hearts are very much aligned with truth and faith and love. And we live in a day and a time that either the truth is being spoken without love and coming across harsh or love is being declared without truth, which is a lie. And so we have to be people who understand. I I, I am in a complete agreement with you that the scriptures is written down for our remembrance. It wasn't something that was just for back then. And it changes according to our culture, popularity, how we feel about something, how our friend feels about it, my personal experience. But that the truth is Jesus. And Jesus is the living, breathing word made flesh. And so he is the expression of truth and the scripture is the expression of God's will for our lives. And I love that, um, that you're saying that we can actually be transformed. That's what I'm hearing from you, that that word of God can transform us. I think I say that because, because I have been transformed. You know, I think the, the, um, it's not just a, a theory for me. It's not something that I think is true, but it's something that I've experienced personally. And I've seen God basically put truths into my life through people, through scripture, through the study of the word, through lots of different varieties of, of ways. But, you know, as I align my life to it is where I really see my life come alive. And so I think that's why I believe in it so much. It doesn't just feel like good teaching. It feels like good practice for me. It's like, man, I've, my life has had to run into this. And when I do, this is what God uses uh, to refine me and to make me hopefully um, more like Jesus, which is all of our goals, right? You know, I love that you and I live in a day and a time where women have more and more voice. 
more and more ability to, yes. to communicate. What would you say is a big challenge with that? Well, I think, you know, I think we live in an interesting time because I feel like women are dying to be heard. Mm. And um, I think sometimes to be heard, we feel like we have to bow ourselves up to the biggest form of us so that people will pay attention and listen to what we have to say. What I've learned through experience, I've been in a lot of uh, boardrooms with men most of my life. I've been in environments where there weren't many women doing what I was doing along the path. And what I learned is that sometimes a quiet whisper is way more effective than a loud roar. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we have things that are unique in us that deserve to be heard, but I don't think yelling them is generally the way that people listen. And so what I've learned to do is to listen well to the environments I'm in, to try to pay attention well to what's being spoken to me. You know, I always say that you're, you're only as good of a follower of Jesus and as a leader as you are a follower. So if you're, if you're trying to be a great leader in any environment, you're only probably as good of a leader as you are a follower. And for me, the closer I get to Jesus, the more I feel like I don't need to yell anything. I need to have civil conversations in really decent ways with great people communicating absolute truth. And to the degree that I do that in loving kindness and with their concern in my heart, then it's, it's often received. And to the degree I feel like I need to yell it and scream it and make a point, um, oftentimes it isn't heard at all. And so for me, yeah, we do have more, more opportunity than ever to talk about things, I think, in culture. And I think it's really important that we talk about them. But I also feel like how we talk about them is what will be understood. And um, it's just really important for us to think through that as well. Now, is this, is this something you foster at the Grove with the women? Well, you know, the Grove was kind of born out of um, a, an idea that women have sort of lost their voice in the church. And a lot of people would say historically, well, women never really had a voice in the church. And so it wasn't lost. It was never actually there to start with. And they probably are right in some forms. But I also have felt like, you know, in the absence of a, of a place for women to invest their life in the kingdom of God, women have had to go outside of that to find voices in culture, voices in work, voices in their families, so that they could feel like they were significantly inputting into life. That felt very unfortunate to me mm -hmm. because I think the kingdom of God is built with a lot of width. Mm. It includes every person, it includes every gift, and it includes every calling, and it is all encumbersome and it's all inclusive. And I felt like we as the church historically and even in recent days have done a poor job of showing women that they are a part of the church and that they can be a part of the church and where they can be a part of the church. And so I felt like in my role and responsibility and as a 50-year-old, you know, in church planting and not a 20-year-old, um, that I had a, a platform to say to women, hey, it's important that we build our lives in such a way that we are as strong as we can be so that when God prepares and puts us in places and leadership and churches throughout the world, that we're prepared and ready for that. And so we spend a lot of energy trying to apply scripture to our life to understand and become more like Jesus so that hopefully as we serve the church worldwide, we are an asset. We are an absolute 
asset to the kingdom of God. And so that's that's part of our heartbeat, I think, in even having the growth and things like that. I love that. You know, Shelly, when God first started to talk to me about women, I, I was kind of annoyed. I was like, hey, God, my world is men. I have four sons. I have a husband. I don't do girl. And he began to just unpack for me his love for his daughters. And it just it put on me, he just said, I created woman as the answer to the very first problem. And that was, it is not good for man to be alone. And he said, the women have been bought into the lie of the feminists that if they want to be powerful as a woman, they need to act like men. So I love that you've actually created a conversation and created a place for women to be included, to be prepared, because we don't just put women on platform just because we need to have like some kind of affirmative action plan. They need to be prepared. They need to be discipled and they need to find their voice in the company of other women. The Bible is so clear. The older women must teach and train the younger women to love their husbands, do what is good, to serve. These are all things that have gotten lost. And I know that um, you and Lily model something so well where each of you have strengths that complement one another. And and I, I love that you're actually stepping back and gathering the women and telling them, we, we appreciate your voice. We want to be part of training your voice and, and we want to validate your voice. And I, I, I think that's beautiful. Um, and so thank you for doing that. Yeah. One of the things, you know, it was interesting when we planted the Grove, which is a, a larger gathering. There's thousands of women who come uh, once a month on Monday nights, which is incredible. Yeah. But one of the things God was super clear with me about was the fact that I was responsible in a steward of people's individual growth. And boy, that felt like a heavy, I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to go about that. But what we were able to create around here was, a, um, it's not a program really, it's just an opportunity for women called Flourish, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's a mentorship program. It's basically one on two. It's somebody ahead of you teaching the person behind them what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And we have about 700 women from our church right now who are involved in implanting their lives in scripture so that they can learn to flourish. Wow! And it is one of the most beautiful things. And so we do have monthly gatherings where we worship and it's amazing and strong. And I think it invites women that wouldn't come to church. We have hundreds and hundreds of women come every time that never come to church or don't understand yet mm. what their life means as it relates to church, but they feel invited. They feel um, accepted. They feel like it's a place for them. And I love all of that, but I also want to build the kingdom of God. And to do that, it takes a layer at a time. It takes layer upon layer upon layer. And to do that, we have to apply our lives to the word of God and let the word of God apply to us. And we have to build those layers of shellac onto our lives so that we can stand strong in the kingdom of God and provide all the things for earth that God wants to provide through our lives. And I'm just a big believer in that. And so we're doing everything we can to to build that here in our city. Well, wow. Well, is there anything, I mean, you've got all these other things going. Is there something that's on the horizon for you, Shelley? Something that you'd want to share? Oh, goodness. There are always, I feel like there's so much ahead. And, um, you know, I've lived a lot of exciting things in my life, but every day I wake up, I feel like God is giving me more uh, vision and stewardship for what he's calling me to. And it clarifies moment by moment. And honestly, I, the the thing I think if anyone wants to pray for me, they could pray the most is that I would just be a good steward of every day. 
And I understand because I'm old that it adds up, you know, that eventually we get to the end of life and we realize, wow, the faithfulness daily is what added up to something that's called a faithful life. And so I want to be that kind of a person. And if you're praying for me, pray those kind of prayers and, um, and do look forward to what God has for me ahead. I do believe at 53 that the best is ahead for me. And I don't know. I never would have envisioned anything I've been able to experience so far in life. I couldn't have planned on any of it. And so it's been better than I expected. And so there's no reason for me to stop believing that's what's coming as well. I hope every young woman, every woman who is in her late 50s, mid 60s is hearing that. I know I'm 58 and I would have to echo with you. I'm actually astounded. I'm like, God, seriously? Every single year you astound me. Um, I'm just so thankful for your time, Shelly. And I want to respect it. I want everybody to know how they can be connected with you. So what I've got is that they can connect with you through Facebook, Shelly Giglio, Twitter, Instagram at at Shelly Giglio. And then of course, Passion City Church. And how, if if they're in the Atlanta area and they say, I want to come to the Grove, how will they get information about that? Yeah, if they go to Passion City Church's website and there's a backslash the Grove or they can click on the Grove icon, then they'll be able to see our dates. We have two more this spring. We'll take a little break for the summer and then we'll be back full steam in the fall. So check it out. We would invite any one of you who is visiting or lives in the area to be a part of it. There's nothing we would love more than that. I hope that everybody heard that what you were saying is layering and layering and layering your your life with faith the word of God, obedience, making sure that you live each day with an eternal mindset. I I love the purity of your focus, Shelly. And I know that's because the the word of God is your compass. And and I know that that's the rock that you and Louie are building your lives on, building your church on, building your future on. So thank you so much for just sharing that. I know so many people um, are going to find so much strength in what you've shared today. And thank you. And if you, Thank you absolutely, Lisa. and I'm I'm going to try to figure out a way if I'm ever in Atlanta on Sunday to stay and and check out the Grove because I, I feel oh, I, I, would love I feel for like you to come. Yeah, I feel like God is doing something really beautiful in and among His daughters, and I love that it's based on building disciples, not just yeah. a conference. So I I think that's amazing. So thanks for joining me. Hey, if you want to learn any more about adamant finding truth in a universe of opinions, and you can go to I am adamant. I'm Lisa Bevere and Shelly, thank you again for joining me. Loved every minute of it. (laughs) You're so awesome. Hey, I want you to subscribe because when you subscribe, we can get everything to you right away. We'd also love to see you rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. To learn more about the book, Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, check it out at IamAdamant.com.